case our live stream dies. Uh, so the book of Daniel is a, uh, uh, a book that you can go to uh, and, and find all sorts of wisdom and biblical examples and even prophecy and end times prophecy. And so, um, and so we want to uh, prayerfully turn to that book today and, and Lord willing, the weeks to come, we'll keep studying through the book of Daniel. But I wanted to start in, in chapter 7, 14. So stand up with me as we sing uh, chapters, as we sing, <laughs> as we study and read chapter 7, 14, just looking at the eternal perspective. Um, and so this is part of the prophecy part. Uh, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. And, uh, and so that's a, a focus that we need to have in these times that Jesus Christ has been given a dominion and a kingdom that will not be destroyed, that will not pass away. And so, God, we come before you as a church uh, today to to ask you, as we studied in Sunday school today, to illuminate our hearts and our minds, to bring understanding and comprehension to your word, that, uh, that we would be wise like Daniel in these times that we live in, that we would uh, have a, a hope and a strength and a power source because we're linked to your eternal kingdom. So guide us today. Uh, bring life and hope to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. So as we turn to this Old Testament book, we, uh, uh, we want to think about it was in about 605 B.C. that uh, that Daniel was part of the exile, and uh, and he had to have resolve, and he had to have strength as um, his world was conquered uh, in this great, uh, you know, this this just great transition took place really in world history as the power of the world transitioned from um, a Jewish power, a Hebrew power to Gentile power uh, to the to the Hebrew people because of their sin and disobedience being taken over by a Gentile kingdom. And, uh, and being imprisoned. And, uh, and so it was rough times. And so if you're following along in our sermon notes, we want to talk about that today. In times that are rough, um, believers must resolve to be ready and radical and resilient. And the heart of why we want to do that is we want to radiate the light of Jesus Christ. Our world is ravaged by sin. It's ravaged by, uh, you know, all kinds of darkness and evil all around us and spiritual forces of darkness that we're not even aware of and uh, we need to be more aware of. And so we've got to live in these times, regardless of what is going on, with the readiness about us. We're going to have to have some resolve that uh, that that we're uh, that we're waking up, that we're looking ahead, that that we're not in ordinary times, uh, that that we need to be looking to Jesus Christ and His eternal kingdom, and we've got to have some resolve about that and live with the readiness that every day I wake up 
And, uh, and, and I'm leading people and radiating the light of Jesus Christ wherever I go. Uh, and I'm going to live uh, with, with a radical mindset uh, that, that I want to be different. I don't want to just shine with what the world's peddling. I want to shine with the light of Jesus Christ and make an eternal difference in a world that is ravaged by sin. And so if we start off in verses 1 and 2 of Daniel chapter 1, uh, Daniel chapter 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. And so this was a big event for us. We just read about it in two verses, uh, but it was a, a life-changing event for the Jewish people and for Daniel and uh, for young people that were taken captive at this time. Um, and, and so it's important that we take that in and think about the historical things that are going on. And, uh, and so as we pray that you turn to Scripture for your hope in, in these rough times, that you turn to Scripture, it's important that we, we think about that, that as we study Scripture, there's some tough names in there. And the book of Daniel is filled with names that are, that are hard to pronounce. And so sometimes we just skip over those and, and say them however we want to. And that's okay. But it's also important that we think about how do we really pronounce these. And so I want us to go through some of these together. Uh, and so one of the first hard names is Jehoiakim. So that gives you an idea of how to say that name uh, properly, how to say that name. Uh, does God really care? Uh, probably not, but can you, can you get better at God's Word and interact with God's Word? Well, that's one way you can to mature and to grow is to say, you know, how do I really say these things? Uh, so Jehoiakim, and then the other hard word is Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and so that gives you an idea how to pronounce that, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and then also that town of Shinar. Uh, and so you say Shinar, kind of like the word shy, uh, nar. And so uh, just kind of going through some of those so that we can uh, be students of the Word and interact with God's Word in different ways. If you just read it, blah, 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 and then shut the Bible you're not really interacting with it, are you? So challenge yourself to, uh, to grow in how you understand God's Word and even how you pronounce it. Uh, but but our, our point from those two verses is we've got to be ready. When kingdoms or leaders uh, or even countries fall, are we ready for that? And, and part of that being ready is I'm going to follow. I'm going to resolve to follow Jesus Christ first and foremost, I'm going to resolve in my life to follow Jesus Christ first and foremost. And so when we look at this, there's a timeline here, which probably isn't going to be very good for you guys. Probably I can't see it from here, but it gives us an idea. This is the life of Daniel. The awesome thing about Daniel is he lived through a lot and, and he stayed faithful to his God in 
dark and difficult times for the Jewish people, in challenging, challenging times, he stayed faithful to God. And so what this timeline shows you is just the different time periods that he lived in. There was one captivity where the Daniel and his young people were kind of the King Nebuchadnezzar came in and said, I'm going to take the best first. So he takes all these young men into his service and all, you know, all the other things that he really wanted at that time. And then there's another time where he takes more and, you know, all these different transitions and all these different rises. And then eventually Nebuchadnezzar, he's out of power. He dies. He, and then another king rises up and another ruler rises up. And there's all this time of transition. Um, and so it's important for us to realize that. That, that, that kingdoms fall and that rulers change and leaders change and kingdoms and rulers come and go and even countries fall apart. Uh, we're so blessed to, to live in America and we're so blessed that for the 200 plus years we've had freedom, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to be there. That doesn't mean that there's always going to be in America. Imagine that. If we woke up tomorrow and there was no America, there was no more constitution, there was no more freedom like we knew it, how would that feel? And what would you do? And if, if you can begin to imagine that, imagine foreign armies invading Walnut Springs, invading your land and taking your children, your young people away to say, hey, you got a good son there. I'm going to take him into my elite. He's going to become mine and he's going to serve in my kingdom and he's going to wear what I want him to wear. How would that feel? And what would we go to? And who would, who would we be turning to? And when all of that is wiped away and gone, and, and, and that is a possibility at any time. We don't live like it is, but it could happen at any time. Am I truly resolved in my heart that more than I'm going to follow a leader or identify with a country or a kingdom, I'm following Jesus Christ first and foremost in my life. I am following. I am dedicated to Jesus Christ. That's the resolve that Daniel um, and his friends had. Uh, that they were going to follow God. They were going to stay true to the Hebrew God of the Bible um, and they weren't going to allow any kingdom uh, to, uh, to alter that. Their, their, their resolve was for, for God. And, uh, and do we have that kind of resolve in our life? Uh, are, are we truly resolved? And, uh, and, uh, and I pray that for us, that as a church, we resolve that. Uh, that even if there's not a Walnut Springs Baptist Church anymore, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, whatever happens in this world or in my life, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And so we've got to be ready. Are you ready for the fall of, of a country or an empire or a foreign army invading or our freedoms taken away? Uh, are we ready to say whatever happens, I'm going to stay true and faithful to Jesus Christ? And then we've also got to be radical in rough times. And of course, I don't mean violent in any kind of violent way because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Uh, but we we got to be radical in how we live and how we think. And that's we got to resolve to not be defiled by worldly attitudes 
appetites and affections. That's got to be a resolve in my life and in your life if we want to be ready and radical in following Jesus Christ. There are worldly attitudes, appetites, and affections that Satan wants you to buy into and wants to pull you away from your dependence on God and your uh, steadfastness for the Lord. And so look at what happens to Daniel. It says in verse 3, the king commanded. So it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't like, hey, you guys ought to do this. He commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and the nobility, youth without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate, And of the wine that he drank, they were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself to allow him not to defile himself. And so we need to have that radical resolve in our life that I'm not going to defile myself with the king's good. Let's look at some of these hard names real quick just for fun. So there's some ideas of how you pronounce these. Hananiah, uh, Mishael, uh, Azariah, Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, just so you know, just to kind of throw that out there uh, and help us to have a better idea how to say these names. Uh, but they resolved in their life that they were not going to do this. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. It would have been so much easier had he just said, okay, I'm sure the king's wine and his meat and food was delicious, right? I'm sure it was great. And so it would have been so tempting to say, hey, why not? Let's just go along with it. But he resolved that he was not going to do that. And so today, what is it? What is it that, that we're being offered up? And maybe it's, uh, it's media. Maybe it's the appetite of the world, the attitude of the world, the influence in your life is the media. Whatever side you're watching of the media is trying to get you to hate somebody. I mean, watch it carefully. Look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to, to hate somebody, to think badly of somebody, uh, to have emotions about one side or the other, to, uh, to believe that one side is right and one side is wrong. And, and uh, maybe that's the attitudes or the appetites for that. Once they get you to buy into that hatred, they just fuel that appetite for that. Here's some more interesting information so that you will hate this side or you will hate that person or you'll feel good and justified in you know, hating those people or doing things against those people or whatever. Or those affections. 
Uh, there's, there's so much out there that Satan is trying to feed us to get our affection, to get us to love certain things that are ungodly and that are unchristlike and that are unbiblical. And are we just fueling those affections and allowing those to turn into addictions? And so Daniel resolved that wasn't going to happen in this great time of change. And imagine being a young man and everything you knew is different. And you're having to now, since a child, you were taught the Old Testament. You were taught the Holy Scriptures. You were taught there is one God and there is one truth. And His way is the only way. And then all of a sudden, you're serving a pagan king who cares nothing for God. The God of the Bible. The Hebrew God. And yet he resolved to make... This was a, com- a king's command that they're going to do this, and he stood against that command in, a, in an honorable way, in a humble way, he stood against it, and he asked it to not defile himself. In verse 9 it says, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. So God was at work. God was at work, and the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. And so he says, hey, wait a minute here. What is going on? If I do this, you're going to start looking terrible because you're on a vegetarian diet or whatever. You're not eating the king's good stuff. And and I'm going to lose my head. And so here's a man who fears the king. But Daniel was someone who feared God above the king. And Daniel said to the steward and... um, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he says, let's give it a chance. Uh, And because God was in it and the Holy Spirit was directing it, so he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. This is funny to me because they there's a there's like a Daniel diet that Christians sell stuff to you to promote or whatever. But this diet made them fatter than the other guys. So I don't know. But anyways, whatever they ate, <laughs> they got fatter than the other guys. But anyway, so verse 16. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youth, Key again, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and in all visions and dreams. And at the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King 
Cyrus. Uh, and so what a powerful testimony. Uh, and so we've also got to be resilient in rough times by fattening ourselves on God's wisdom. And, uh, and so that's what they did. When they did it God's way, they were healthier. And, uh, and they had put on strength and weight. Uh, and, uh, and that's what we've got to pray for. What are we going to fatten ourselves on in these rough times? It needs to be God's wisdom. That you're, that you're gorging yourself on the wisdom, on the Word of God. On the, on the strength of God. And in that way, as you do that, you can be resourceful with the gifts God has given you. If you really think about what Daniel does here and how he navigates this difficult thing that he knew in his heart he couldn't do what the king said. He knew that was wrong and he couldn't do it. But the wisdom that God gives him to navigate that, he's resourceful with the gifts God gives him. And we need to do that right now. We've got to be resourceful. What are we going to do as a church family as time goes on? And, and, uh, and we know, I know we're hoping that it's just going to turn back to normal. But we've got to pray that we're ready for whatever is coming and that we can use the gifts God has given us in new and resourceful ways to say, how are we going to make disciples and continue to minister? Um, as things go on and if things don't return to normal as soon as we uh, want them to, then how can we begin to pray together and seek God together to revolt against the darkness by radiating the light of Jesus Christ? How can we do that? How can we do that in these difficult times? The darkness hasn't stopped. You know, people stop going to churches and, uh, and, and, and things like that, but Satan hasn't stopped. So what are we going to do as, as the family of God, as the disciple makers that God has called us to be, as Jesus Christ followers, to shine His light in the midst of a pandemic? To shine His light in the transition of a government and whatever comes along with that? Are we going to be resilient? Are we going to seek God's wisdom above everything else? Be resourceful. God still has given us gifts to live in the times that we live in. And so, uh, and so we might, you know, we need to practice social distance. We need to do all those things, but we still got to make disciples. And we still got to reach out in the darkness and radiate the light of Jesus Christ and people that are lost and dying and going to hell. We still have to do what God's called us to do. And, uh, and so are we resolved together to do that? To follow Him? Are you resolved to follow the Savior and live ready and live a radical, to live resiliently for Jesus with the whole point of our life being I want to radiate the marvelous light of Jesus Christ in my circle of influence, in my, uh, in, you know, in, in my workplace, and uh, in wherever I go, in whatever I do, I want to radiate the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. That's what made Daniel and his friends so uh, uh, make such a difference in an entire kingdom when it could have been all darkness and we could have never heard about the Hebrew people again. These men's stand out and shine the light of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you today to think about being lost at sea. 
And I'm sure that's how Daniel and them felt. And that may be how it's how you feel. You're lost at sea and the waves are tossing against your boat and you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know, you know what are you going to do when there's nothing around you to, to tell you what's north or what's south or you know what did people do? Uh, the waters are constantly changing and, and, uh, and we don't know what's coming. But for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years or hundreds and thousands of years, people use the stars as a constant, as something constant to guide them. They would look to the North Star and the other constellations and know what's going on and, uh, and how to get back and, and, uh, and where they needed to go. And so in our world today that's ever-changing, that seems like we don't know what's going to happen next, what is our constant? What is our, uh, you know, our place we turn to for stability? A source we know that's always going to be faithful. And for us, that's our relationship with God. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you're feeling lost at sea in these difficult waters that we're navigating... Think about who is the captain of your ship. Who is your constant? Who is your source? Because only Jesus can guide us through these difficult times. Only Jesus Christ can guide us. Any other captain that you look to or turn to is going to lead you to shipwreck. He might take you to some parties before then. You might go visit some beaches and have some good times. But eventually, that captain is going to lead you to hell, to shipwreck, to utter destruction. And so, who are you trusting in in these difficult times? We've got to resolve to be ready, to be radical, to be resilient. With the overall goal of our life is... Whatever happens, I want to radiate the light of Jesus Christ. Whether I'm in a prison cell, whether we'll study soon, whether I'm in a lion's den, whether I'm in a fiery furnace, wherever I am, I want to radiate the light of Jesus Christ in this sin-ravaged world. Last week, that old hymn, I Am Resolved, the third verse was, I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what He saith. Do what He willeth. He is the living way. Heed what He saith. Do what He willeth. He is the living way. Are you resolved today to follow Jesus Christ? Real quick, look at James 1, 5-8. through 8. It says that... that um, did I put that up there, James 1, 5-8? through 8? I'll look it up if I didn't. <laughs> so James chapter 1, 5-8 through eight, says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. So we've got to ask, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person will not receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
So I want to challenge you today. You need wisdom. And I need wisdom about how to radiate the light of Jesus Christ. How to make disciples in this time that we live in. How to continue to share the hope of Jesus with a world that is tossed about, that is sin-ravaged. And so we need to be asking God for wisdom, but we got to do it in faith. We've got to stop doubting. We've got to stop making excuses for giving God the little, the leftovers. We've got to stop making excuses and say, God, give me wisdom to radiate the life of Jesus Christ today in this world that we are living in. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful for Your Word today. We are so thankful that we have a constant in this sea of, of doubt, in the sea of difficulty, in the sea of maybe even despair for some of us, that we have a constant to turn to. And God, we know that that constant is the Savior. Is, uh, that constant is Your Word. That constant is You, Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I just pray that You help us as believers to radiate Your light in the week to come. Help us as believers that whatever we're facing, that whatever we're going through, that we not be defiled by the attitudes and the affections and, of this world. And so God, I just pray for anyone that is hearing Your Word today, that they would turn to You that they would see that they're being led to shipwreck and hell and destruction and death, and that they would turn to Jesus Christ today and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in their heart today that God, You raised Jesus from the dead so that they would be saved. God, help us as believers in these dark and difficult times to turn to Your wisdom and Your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.